everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Modest Corner on this sunny but cold day. So if you need to go outside, still make sure that you have a jacket with you because the sun is definitely playing an illusion here with you. Definitely hope your morning is also going rather well for you. And if it's not, definitely find something to turn it around. But if it's just going really, really bad, just always remember that you don't need to complain because you are here in the land of the living, which is always something amazing to be joyful about. So without further ado, I definitely want to go ahead and get started inside of today's topic because I have a wonderful guest here for you today. And today's topic is mental health amongst Black women. So let me get started here with our special guest, Ms. Chasmine Parker. She is a therapist and she's also the chairman and CEO of C. Parker Mental Wellness Solutions. Hey, Chasmine, how are you this morning? I'm well. How about you? I am good. Cannot complain. Uh, trying to stay warm, of course. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, um, as I mentioned, today's topic is mental health amongst Black women. Um, something that I wanted to do this month was to really focus on the Black community um, and just talk about different topics or different issues. And I feel like mental health is one that we tend to struggle with within the Black community when it comes to talking about it or really getting help. I know with you being a therapist, you might see it firsthand and you kind of know where it actually stems from. So could you tell me a little bit as far as like where you feel like the whole shaming when it comes to mental health in the Black community with women, where it comes from? Okay, you know, I'm a history buff, so I'm going to have to take (laughs) it all the way back to slavery. Um, It started with the plantation, keep your head down and work. Uh, to abandonment of families and children, the loss of human rights by being property and sex slaves. Then we transition a little farther into the civil rights movement and uh, women inequality. Um, That was the don't speak, you don't deserve your seat, you know, with Rosa Parks. Um, And a lot of the African-American females were just in the household. They weren't allowed to, you know, be out on the forefront. You know, so we're kind of privileged when it comes to that point. Then we have to discuss how family dynamics were impacted by federal programs such as FDR's um, housing uh, plan or, you know, the housing authority uh, being initiated or started. And that was to help aid uh, individuals. However, it aided in self-sabotage of mental health and influenced poverty and poor mindsets. The history of Black women has not been ideal or easy feat. This is why we can have this modern day conversation. Um, just thinking about it, you know, like I think a lot of us are, you know, in the headspace that we're supposed to be the go-getters or, you know, kind of switch the roles of being um, more, um, I'm not going to say masculine, but more dominant. Um, I know I'm an alpha female, so, you know, (laughs) it's kind of hard to turn that notch down, you know, and be soft. Right, right. I think a lot of our families instilled that in us after them being, um, you know, a lot of them being shunned and, you know, kind of like right. not able to have a mental uh, health awareness or even um, the ability to do a lot of things. Um, I know my grandmother, they had like ninth and 10th grade education. So it was like they all right. mm-hmm. uh, pushed to go to college and things like that and um, be better than I am. So that comes with a lot that that comes with the territory. But right. it, it comes with a lot of um, struggles and hardships. Um, so we can definitely get into that topic for sure. Um, I know that all too, <laughs> you know, all too well, just because, um, like I said, in the mental health community, 
um i think a lot of times also we think about that um oh just basically the angry black woman stigma right um, just not overcompensating for your blackness so um i think a lot of times we kind of like dull our shine a lot of Mm -hmm. and it really affects you mentally because what you're doing is suppressing your normal emotions and you know feelings so it's like you being all type of a, a tirade, you know, going back and forth, conflict within yourself. Um, I told somebody the other day that your brain is a battle uh, ground for a uh, negative or either positive. And you choose which one you uh you want to fight. <laughs> so yeah, right. No, I, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I definitely feel like it, it start. It definitely stemmed from slavery because, like you said black women as a whole you know the separating of the families and then you still had to continue to try to be strong because you didn't have the black man there because he may have been sold off elsewhere and then here you are still left with the kids until they separate you from your kids so now here it is you're having to grieve because you don't have your children and you've lost your significant other but you have to muster up that that strength to continue to go on because you don't want to be beat or you don't you know want to show that you're you're hurting or anything of that sort and i think that it just has went from generation to generation pretty much like my last show had mentioned generational curses so it's more so of never getting that help or never getting the healing that was needed from back in the slavery time so now here we are now and times have changed of course where a lot of times you hear of other cultures or just I mean I know a lot of times in the black community we have tried to get out now speaking about mental health and how it's okay to get help but for some reason it's still frowned upon by so many of us well, you know, I'm going to um, just go ahead and cut in there. Um, I think that I'm an innovative person and a creator, so I'm mm. into the traditional, you know, therapeutic processes. You know, I'm working on a lot of things that are for us, by us, as far as, like, African-Americans. Like, we like rhythm and movement and art right. and like that. So I feel that um, a lot of the therapeutic side of it has been more restricted, and a lot of people feel that, that. it's, it's kind of like prejudice to a point where you just come sit in a chair, and it's only 30% of African-American and indigenous people that are actually mental health professionals, so that's a small number. That's a small number, yeah. To seek out someone to help you. <laughs> right that's definitely a small number now do you think like when it comes to like insurances and things of that sort that could also be stopping people from going like um, if it's- I had posted a video that um I think there was the top three things was the insurance um the non-disclosure feeling like they're not comfortable with telling you their business um the thought of maybe that it's not confidential i can go down a list of things that i just really see people um you know like really showing away from and then a lot of african african americans still have the stigma of oh we're going to drug you or diagnose you with something or attach something to your name that you know you really like oh my gosh like i'm bipolar now (laughs) and it's a lot (laughs) right i mean just you know you being stereotyped however i don't look at it from that perspective look at it from you just knowing what uh resources you need to manage your emotions and your mental health and a lot of the behaviors that you be exhibiting so um i think like a lot of times in that perspective us black people we're really uh our own biggest enemies just by 
thinking those negative thoughts and thinking about, well, hey, you know, I, I may not be able to work with my therapist. Uh, and and I really have to encourage people to ask. And if you need a referral out to someone that you may be comfortable with, let me know. I don't want anybody to ever not have that opportunity. Um, right. Like I said, a lot of people feel that it's restrictive. So that's just sitting on the couch. Um, and that's not it all the time. There's a lot of different therapeutic approaches or theoretical uh, orientations that we can use. You know, I just think that people have to get out the stigma of, hey, you just come sit on my couch and you talk to me for 45 minutes and I bill your insurance. And a lot of times they may not feel that it's a uh, investment for us. Um, emotionally and the time investment like we work busy schedules i know i'm pretty much not home much so teletherapy has really been at the forefront and just basically trying to get people to see that this is valuable for you it's not nothing to hurt you (laughs) so yeah that's definitely one of the huge hindrance and i do work for a community agency and i noticed that a lot of the um caucasians or um um, white people they do come in and they'll seek resources just because as far as a paper trailing you may needing further resources you can get them better than being in the streets and possibly incarcerated um, and then we still got to think about police brutality and things like that but Alabama has definitely stepped it up far as trying to get their officers trained and things like that so that's right. a good plus as well yeah it's, it's funny that you said that as far as how Caucasians will come and they'll get the resources um, and I know that just when I've actually just kind of, you know, looked around and just kind of asked certain people or people that I know or what have you, I, I do see that more Caucasians, even when it comes to their child, they can be going through a divorce. You know, something that some of us may look at, oh, it's just a divorce. You know, it happens. You get over it. You talk to the child, whatever. But they're going to immediately try to find those resources. So therefore, if they do see that their child is not handling it well or need somebody to talk to or they don't know how to talk to them, they go ahead and they go get those resources versus us. We just kind of shun away from it or we That's feel the like there's mm-hmm. yeah like or we just try to say oh well they'll get over it or mm-hmm. I, I we i see that a lot of times we'll say things such as you know well my parents went through a divorce so you know i went through this so i'm sure you know i was strong enough to get through it so mm-hmm. my child can too and it's like we failed to realize that our child is not just because they're mm-hmm. our child that doesn't mean that they're going to handle things the same way and then a lot of times, too, we tend to want to ignore how we really felt when certain things were going on, when we really did need the help. So that is something that I noticed that we won't even at least try to go get the resources. So therefore, if something does occur for us to be able to actually um, use them. And it's right. funny when you had um, mentioned the whole jail thing. I know when I was in school, um, as I was finishing up my bachelor's, that was something that I actually did a, a paper on. And I had noticed that there's a lot of people in prison that suffer from mental illnesses, but they mm-hmm. never got the help growing up. Yes. And, and that's just, true. Go ahead. That's really true. Um, trauma does not um, basically discriminate. Like it I thought not. about the other day, like um, a childhood trauma of mine, I lost all three of my grandparents within um, a year wow. when I was 10 years old. And I was like, dang, like, did I actually process that? Did I work through that? And, you know, like I went to grief counseling at school. However, you know, it took my mom noticing like, hey, there was some changes. There's some indicators there that let her know. And she was in childcare. And that was one of the biggest things that I really, uh, you know, really thought about. Like she actually took the time and knew that, you know, the psychology component that your child is not fine. 
So, um, yeah, I often talk about that just because trauma, and that's my area of expertise, honestly, um, trauma is there in childhood. Trauma is the hardest to work through because, like you said, parents have the cliche or the um, mindset that, hey, you know, I'm an adult and I'm equipped with the tools just basically right. by life experiences and me just going through life. And a lot of us suffered in silence just going back right. to pretty much like high school you tried to work through it yourself mm-hmm. it's because you like well my parents they may not understand but it's always good to have a non-biased uh, person or even an ally there to support you throughout these things um i don't think nobody can handle a situation on their own just because decision making i would rather have two heads <laughs> versus one then one right yeah, yeah. So um, in order to make sound decisions, you have to be in sound mind and sound body. And a lot of times when we're in that headspace, you're not there. Um, we dissociate because that's what um, you were just talking about, like taking a back seat from the mess or taking a back seat from the BS. Um, what um, dissociation mean, and that's what I think us African-American women do to kind of just like, oh, you know, I'm going to forget about it, but it's still there. Dissociation but it's still there. Is- yeah, the disconnection or separation from something or from something else, that state of being disconnected. So the disconnection is real. Um, I just feel a lot of times that we disconnect in order to just basically put a, a blinder on it and it comes mm-hmm. back. Trauma just resurfaces all the time. You can be driving down the street. You can smell a smell. You can see a garment. Um, it's so many uh, things that you know trauma will do to you and then a lot of people go into substance use substance abuse um Mm -hmm. a lot of them have had sexual abuse you become uh, extremely promiscuous so it's a domino effect when you do have trauma and i think that's a lot of the reasons why um the family dynamic has changed the way we view ourselves has changed um the way we um manage relationships the way we uh interact with people so it's like yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely un- like really. I'm glad that you had this conversation because it's it's a very controversial one. Um, I know, like, I know. Um, far as like, um, I seen one lady. She was saying that her husband was just telling her like, "Hey, I don't want you talking so much. Go sit down." Like, oh, wow. you know, like back in the days, that was normal. Man. Somebody said the kitchen barefoot pregnant, and I was like. Could I actually see myself doing that? Nah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Nah. I could Like, yeah, no, that's crazy to me. And even as then, a slave, you know, somebody asked the question, it was like, how do you think you would have did during slavery? I said, I, I know I wouldn't have did well because I'm a very talkative and vocal person. Yeah, I was about to say, if I, with the mindset I, that I have, I would have probably been dead within 24 hours. They probably would have killed me before they put me on the truck to go to my new plantation. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, because I know me and I am one of those people. I'm very vocal, very opinionated. So those type of things would have been frowned upon back then. And that's something even now when I look at some of the older Black women, um, a lot of them aren't as vocal. Like something can be going on and they kind of just kind of brush it under the rug or they say, well, you know, it's nothing serious. So just get over it. And it's just like, you can almost tell that they were they too were yeah it's very uncomfortable um I know I have a friend of mine and I know she was just basically telling me how her mom is when it comes to stuff like if she like my friend will be vocal or she'll say something about something if they have a disagreement um or what have you like when her with her significant other her mom kind of 
oh intrude or if she's trying to talk to her mom about the situation her mom just pretty much just let her know well no just let him go ahead and do what he's gonna do and it's just like no you can't you can't do that like that's not okay and I actually was listening to the uh, Steve Harvey morning show yesterday and just so happened uh the show was about I guess a, a woman and her her husband was cheating on her she knew she was he was cheating and her dad pretty much told her to let him be a man and for her not to say anything and I'm just like do you know how mentally that's gonna mess her up to know that her husband is out here doing what he's doing but you're telling her you know let him be a man and then when they broke down their ages the woman was like in her 40s her dad was like 70 and I was like you know what yeah the the Mm generational change um like I said the programs really did shift things like we have to think about all the history it's not just us transitioning or evolving these things actually cause a huge effect on our minds it's like and they do i thought about um during slavery like asking for help was equated to a beating or some punishment or negative perception as in current days is your business possibly being disclosed if you um not with the therapist like friends going back telling your business when women gain quality they have the ability to do it all and i believe we can however the help there's healthy ways to accomplish with collaboration from helpful sources um the don't need a man movement has also added stress to how that yeah i did not know that was that bad conceptualize the world and family dynamics yes you know I didn't realize this whole don't need a man. It's not funny, but I did not know it was that bad. I was I was on Facebook one day and I was just scrolling and this guy um, that I used to work with and he had a whole post about him. And he was like, you know, a lot of you women are always talking about how you want to get married or, you know, you want a significant other, but then you don't even understand how to not be so I don't need a man or you start raising your your daughters of you don't need a man or you have sons where you're like oh I don't need a man for this you keep repeating and they hear those things to where they grow up believing that just because you said it and because you didn't have a good man around that that's how life is supposed to be and it's like that domino effect and I hear a lot even like sometimes I've been to like Walmart just different places and I'll hear people say oh I don't need a man I know somebody even close to me she's always saying See, I didn't need a man to do that. See, I can move a couch. I don't need a man. I can, you know, just little stuff like that. And I'm sitting here like, for a minute, like, I used to just ignore it when the person would say it. But over time, I'm just like, I almost, it is, right. Like, I was about to say, like, it's just one of those things. It's just like, yo, I don't understand why you keep saying this. And then I had to really sit down. I think I probably could have been in maybe high school or even a little bit after. And I had to really sit down. And I was like, you know what? they say this I don't need a man as I put this in quotations in the air but they say that they don't need a man because they're trying to convince themselves that they don't because they know in reality that is in fact what they want but mm-hmm. because of for whatever reason that they they're not getting the the man that they want or they keep choosing the wrong men um so therefore they're not really getting uh what they're wanting so now they're pretty much convincing themselves oh, I don't need a man. See, I can do life by myself, but deep down, they know they would love to genuinely have that man to be there to help them to do things or to just do life with, period. Whether it's them moving a couch or just, like I said, being there to rub their feet type ordeal. But it's just, it's a mind thing. And it, It like you said, it just goes, it goes back to the slavery when they were just separating families. Um, 
and I think too a lot of times like I know you had mentioned like the whole government assistance or what have you and that also does something to your mentality and your mindset and that I don't know too much on it for myself but I know I have seen some people that have been on government assistance and just kind of looking at their mindset and how they see things or how they do things or what have you it's always had me question like you seem like you're you almost hate the world type thing or you always yeah. have an attitude or you're so angry with your situation but it's almost as, or the fact that you're dependent on the government assistance but it's just like there's resources for you to get out like you know I've even spoken to people that never knew there was anything else uh, in life outside of government assistance or living in project homes or section 8 homes or what have you and it's just like how how do you not know this and I used to get frustrated because I'm like I don't understand mm -hmm. why you don't know this only to find out like shoot I've met somebody that was oh yeah well I stayed in the project right down the street from this high school or whatever I grew up in those and then now here it is you're living in the other projects that are literally like five or ten minutes away and it's like so it's almost again you're just you're growing up in it um and we just have to get to that point of knowing that going to see a therapist is okay and most importantly it does not mean that they are going to sit here and give you medication and like I know you said earlier um I do feel that a lot of us feel like if we go see a therapist oh they're going to put us on some type of medicine yes um, that's not our area um that's right the right or the psychologist now when you say that you know like that's the biggest thing people be like can you read my mind i'm not a, a shrink <laughs> i mean <laughs> can you read my mind um no i can't this is not yvonne I, I yvonne i can't read your mind i don't know what you're thinking um therapy is a collaboration like i always use like the metaphor of the basketball like me and you are going to be bouncing things off each other i may ask you some questions however primarily we focus on past and kind of getting you to the point where we get a huge intake so what intake is is a questionnaire pretty much that tells you or asks you everything pretty much about you that would possibly be discussed in therapy um i'm a therapist i'm a younger therapist so i'm in my 30s so a lot of my therapeutic approaches does not look the same as uh freud or yalem or a lot of the um older uh therapists like um um godman and all these other ones like and for the culture like i'm uh, african-american as you all know so i want everything to be uh diverse and inclusive where anyone can come in and utilize the services so um and then far as like poverty um going back to what you were saying of that about that i think poverty equates to pessimism and a lot of times mm -hmm. puts people out from um thinking that they can um actually obtain therapy like i know medicaid um i know uh, adna sigma and all these other uh, insurances are available however if you're uh in the state of alabama i know far as like a associate licensed counselors which that's what i am um i can't bill for insurance but i do make my uh, therapeutic sessions accessible to everyone i don't want anyone to never say that they didn't have an opportunity to sit on right. Um, so um, I think a lot of people just always think that it cheapens if you make it affordable. And I do a lot of pro bono when I do have the opportunity to. Um, so that's another big thing is just getting people out the headspace of thinking like, oh, well, you know, therapy is, is this, um, therapy is that. But that's not the case. I think the repression of past trauma causes so many Black women to experience psychological and physical deficits or disorders. Right. Women were always second-class citizens as African 
Americans were in so many instances and that led to the hardening or dissociation that we don't often call out uh, the trauma trauma or the negative emotions due to feeling no one cares or have regards for right. right. but that's, that's not it um, I think that we have to stop um, just basically playing the blame game and just actually mm-hmm. be proactive about ourselves um like i said women we do so much for others uh so i always preach self-care self-care is you taking yes. yourself out to dinner self-care is getting your hair done but the number one thing is making sure that your emotions behaviors and mindset is in check because when it's not your family notice it everybody notice it and it's hard mm-hmm. for them to function optimally in that perspective so you do not want you don't want to be in these streets Um, I I really see it often and it's disheartening for a therapist to see a client in a bad space I know I do not like my clients to be there and if they are I I try to really work hard to push them out of that rut and um, also as life coaching I have to throw that out there um, for people who may not need help with the past that they're trying to um, move forward in the future and need an accountability partner or somebody just to help them manage things in the right now um, that's also an option I think African Americans may not need coaches all the time so I mean need therapists all the time it's just you doing the intake and your therapist knowing you and kind of getting a grasp on what you're you know needing Because like I said, I just want everybody to be able to understand that there are several options outside of therapy as well. And therapy does not have to always be on the couch. There's other approaches to uh, doing it. So, yeah. Okay. So, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I know you had mentioned earlier as well that there was different forms of therapy. Like, what are some other forms in case somebody out there does not know or they're not comfortable with sitting on the couch? Um, I know that I'm in the process of copywriting a lot of new ones. Um, I'm real big on art therapy uh, for kids. It's play therapy. Um, Just because, like I said, um, my daughter went to art school younger, and I think that a lot of the kids really enjoyed that art side of it. Um, yeah, my daughter is a big drawer, so it's something yeah, on her mind so, or something. So yeah, I, I think that we we always like discredit or you know think about therapy as that. Like I throw on some music and say, um, I'm gonna give you a word, you can draw a picture about that. Like it's therapy does not have to be just you sitting on the couch. Um, right. Sometimes I may say for my teenagers, create a playlist. Let me li- listen to what you're listening to, so we can kind of feel like a lot of times if the music is down and and you kind of know. Like, you're depressed like I see some mm-hmm. I see some depression you know why are you listening to that song can you tell me why you're listening to that song so I like I said I really enjoy therapy just because it's it doesn't have to be restrictive and I always right. keep saying that and I want people to know that like I was doing a would you rather couples edition on Facebook and if the person answered the question and gave me insight so it's like that's therapy <laughs> absolutely yeah I don't think a lot of people realize that like you said there's many ways and it doesn't necessarily have to be on the couch just having a conversation with somebody and letting them into your world for that moment at that time that's still therapy because you got it out you know you're feeling different once you finish the conversation and somebody finally actually heard you I know for myself I t- I love music so normally if I'm going through something or something's on my mind or whatever the situation is I'm always listening to music like yesterday <laughs> yesterday <laughs> was definitely a music day because after getting my car hit early in the morning 
and then everything else that kept trickling down yeah music all day like I didn't ha- I didn't want to talk to anybody yesterday I was like yo let me just do me for a minute and you know I'll get back to whatever else it is um that I need to get back to so it's definitely different ways and I'm glad that you mentioned that um one thing I just wanted to do before we wrapped up here because I know you have your your own business the Parker Mental Wellness Solutions how can people find you like are you on Facebook or Instagram or anything I am on Facebook. I am C Parker, uh, C Parker Mental Wellness LLC, and I am on Instagram as a uh, Chasmine Parker Counselor Coach. And I just launched my uh, new fashion page, uh, Top Tier Therapist. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get to the market, and I have a whole business degree that I need to use. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Definitely use those degrees. Um, it's definitely been a pleasure speaking here with you today, Chasmine, and I thank you so very much for joining the show. Um, I hope that this definitely helps. Maybe this helps one person. I definitely feel like that's uh, something that we've done and we've done our job or our part here. Um, also wanted to just thank everybody, of course, as always, for listening to Mommy's Corner. Um, and as always, you guys are welcome to find me. I do have the Instagram page of Mobby underscore corner podcast. And I am also on Facebook by Mobby's Corner Podcast, in addition to the normal podcast platforms of Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, and so many more. And don't forget to always listen to me as Wednesdays, 8 o'clock to 8.30 Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on Blue Rain Radio, in which you can listen to them at BlueRainRadio.com. That's R-E-I-D-N, Rain, Radio.com. Or you can always get their Google app. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye, (laughs) y'all.